Hello, everyone, and those of you here and online. Uh, not only are we in this nice, beautiful, and cozy Temple of Light this morning, we are being blessed by falling snow all around us. And uh, I just wanted to share that with you online and because you're not here to see it. But, <laughs> but it's uh, quite something. Okay, I'd like to begin reading from Whispers from Eternity, and these are poems um, and prayer demands by Paramahansa Yogananda. And this is an eternal, uh, perennial, eternal favorite, I think, of all of ours, um, God's Boatman, and I'm going to read that for us. <clears throat> I want to ply my boat many times across the gulf after death and return to Earth's shores from my home in space. I want to load my boat with all those waiting, thirsty ones who have been left behind, that I may carry them to the opalescent pool of iridescent joy, there where my father distributes his all-desire-quenching liquid peace. Oh, I will come back again and again, crossing a million crags of suffering. With bleeding feet I will come, if need be a trillion times, as long as I know that one stray brother is left behind. I want thee, O God, that I may give thee to all. I want salvation, that I may give it to all. Free me then, O Lord, from the bondage of this body, that I may show others how they too can free themselves. I want thine everlasting happiness, but I want also to share it with others, that all my brothers may find the way to happiness forever and forever in thee. So our subject this morning is the mystery of Avatar, and I naturally wanted to read that because it describes so beautifully that uh, almost incomprehensible, compassionate heart of those who return to this plane to help us and to free us. I, what came to mind were the words from the Festival of Light that we celebrate every Sunday at the close of service. And I wanted to just uh, offer a couple of these uh, for us to begin this service with. <clears throat> In the festival it reads, a prayer of love went up from earth and God and you responded, a ray of your light flashed out from the heart of infinity, burst downward through night skies of consciousness, and was born on earth for the redemption of mankind in human form. 
And then a little later it reads, greater, no, no greater love can there be than this from a life of infinite joy and freedom in God, willingly to embrace limitation, pain, and death for the salvation of mankind. So <clears throat> this really describes the, what draws the avatar to this plane. A prayer of love went up from earth and you responded. God responds to that prayer of the heart of a people, of a nation, of a planet, an individual, and takes the form of the avatar that comes again and again. And that love is so full, so deep, incomprehensible, but willing to do whatever it takes and come at the behest of the divine, at the behest of God, to endure this plane for our sake. And it's really quite something. I was uh, recalling from Autobiography of a Yogi, Master describes when he was just a babe, his mother and father went to visit their guru, Lahiri Mahashai, for blessing upon the child. And they got there, and it was a very crowded room. It's not a large room, very crowded. And they just positioned themselves at the very back. And Yogananda's mother prayed intensely and inwardly that her child be blessed by her guru. And Lahiri was in a very deep state, a samadhi state, I can only assume. But after a while, he opened his eyes and he called them to come forward. And she came up with the little baby and put the little baby, Yogananda wasn't his name then, Makunda, on Lahiri's lap. And Lahiri blessed that child, saying out loud to her, your child will be a spiritual engine that will bring many souls to God. And Yogananda added to that at some point later as the, as the man and the guru sharing with us the nature of avatar. He said, as many souls as want to come to God. That's very important. That includes all of us. We want that and God through the avatar and through our guru because our five, they're all avatars and their mission is global, it's cosmic, it's to move evolution forward, to assist that process, it's to assist us as a spiritual family, to help us evolve and grow and be free, and their mission is also to the individual, because it is the individuals come together that make up life as we know it. And this is their mission. It's huge in proportion, and yet it's very personal. There's that beautiful story from Autobiography of a Yogi. Lahiri goes to visit 
uh, to be reunited with his guru, Babaji, in the Himalaya, and is given initiation into Kriya in this golden palace. But at the end of that meeting, and naturally so, Lahiri, he very much wants to remain with Babaji. And Babaji says to him, no, your work this time is to be in the world, but not of it, and to serve your brothers and sisters, to serve humankind. And as a parting consolation of sorts, Babaji says to Lahiri, whenever you call me, I will be there. Well, Lahiri is on his way home, and he stops to visit friends. And the short and long of it is he wants to share this miraculous experience with them all. And they don't believe him. And he thinks, Babaji said he'd come if I call. And he does just that. And Babaji's reluctant to come. This is, seems like, he says, such a trifle, this little thing. But he doesn't want to let Lahiri down or embarrass him in front of his friends. This is avatar to avatar for our benefit. And so afterwards, you know, Babaji does appear, and a beautiful uh, revelation happens for some of Lahiri's friends who happen to be there and witness this. But in the end, Babaji chides Lahiri and says, going forth, <laughs> I will come, not when you call me, I will come when you need me. <laughs> but we need God all the time, don't we? <laughs> don't we always need that divine assistance? And so I think it's, you know, to me, I hope it's just a play on words, that need is constant, um, that call is going out continually, and God is aware of it. The avatar is aware of it. Our guru is aware of it. All the masters everywhere are aware of this very great need and responding to the heart that is calling, that desires that help, that desires freedom, that desires to know and feel and experience God more deeply. There's a beautiful, exchange that happened between one of Yogananda's disciples, Dr. Lewis, very early on when Master lived in Boston and, and for some time with, actually, the Lewises. On this day, Dr. Lewis, who was a dentist, uh, was in his office. And someone, an acquaintance, a friend, a client, someone had shared a lot of negative, personal negative thoughts about Yogananda with Dr. Lewis, trying to convince him that he was really going down the wrong road. And just in such a way as as strong as Dr. Lewis's faith was, you know, born of his own experience, he was really shaken. And when the man left, Dr. Lewis just stood there, you know, quaking. And, and not knowing what to do and how to resolve this in himself. And just at that moment, the door burst open, and Yogananda entered. And he said, Doctor, do you love me as much as I love you? And Dr. Lewis said, Yes, I do. 
And in that moment, his, you know, his uncertainty was dissolved. But the other very interesting thing about it was that Yogananda was all the way across town riding on a trolley and going somewhere altogether different when he was aware through his omniscience of his disciples' need, his child's need, great need. And he got off the trolley, he walked over a mile and came to the office where Dr. Lewis was having that, you know, terrifying inwardly experience. And this is the consciousness, this is a glimpse onto the consciousness of these great ones. They're omniscient, they're omnipresent. They do not need to be in a physical body on this physical plane to intercede, to help us, to respond to whatever need we might have, even the seemingliest, you know, even a simple thing. As Swami Kriyananda says, the only difference, you know, they incarnate, they take human form to endure this plane on our behalf. And the only difference, because they have a human body, we have a human body, in most instances, not all, but we behave similarly, and the only difference is one of consciousness. And what that says to us, as it said in the reading from the Bible, it said, we beheld his glory. And that gives us a hint. We need to come to that consciousness. We need to try to behold that consciousness and get close to it. And when we can do that, when we can do that, then we see more and more that there's less and less of a distinction, that by being close, we start to take on a little bit at a time that expanded view, that expanded perception of all that is. And so Swamiji guides us very simply this isn't something that's complex to do, to try and practice stillness. Because when we close our eyes, when we shut the world out for a few moments and get still, the energy withdraws from our periphery. And where does it go? It goes into the spine, the deep spine in our astral body. And that energy residing there is subject to different influences. And that energy naturally starts to rise upwards. When we practice our meditation techniques, each one of those, each one of our techniques, the ones that Master has given us, or if you're practicing other techniques, the techniques that you've been given have been given because they are a door onto this experience. They are a door onto higher consciousness. That door opens onto a path that leads to higher consciousness that brings us closer, little by little, 
to the consciousness of the masters, the consciousness of our guru, the consciousness of all our gurus, of the avatar. It makes it real. It makes it a living experience. There's a beautiful story from the life of Krishna. And one of his great disciples, Uddhava, is beside himself. Uddhava, great that he is, perceives that Krishna is going to leave this plane soon. And he is not happy about it. And he's feeling sorry for himself. And he is talking to Krishna and he says, I know, I know what you're going to do. I know you're going to leave and I'm going to be left here. (laughs) And what am I going to do without you? How can I go on without you? I can't. I can't go on without you. I will not go on without you. And I think we can all relate to this. We have our moments when God is more distant than others. And like the whining little child that we are sometimes capable of being, it's just frustrating. It's very frustrating to not feel the whole of that divine reality that we know it is possible, that we know we experienced last week, last year, once in our life, whenever it was. I mean, we know we can see it in others. We can see it in our leadership. We can see it in, you know, to listen to a talk by Swami Kriyananda, to listen to a master's voice. We know the reality is real. And sometimes there's just a greater distance than others. And like Uddhava, it's just, I can't do this. I can't go on unless you are here with me. And Krishna said to Uddhava, he said, go to Badranath, pilgrimage there. I have spent so much time there. I am there all the time. And when I read that, and it's been a long time, but it's, it's remained in my consciousness as a favorite exchange between guru and disciple, between these great avatars and our lives as they are. Because what he was saying is, go here to the spiritual eye. Badranath in India is at the top of a mountain, and it's a sacred holy place. But that holy place exists within us as well. Indeed, we can say the avatar resides within us and resides right here. It's not far away, it's not distant. It's just a set, it's just a opportunity before us to get still enough to let that energy come in instead of go out and rise instead of move down. And as it starts to do so, that door opens and we're closer yet to that consciousness that we're seeking, the consciousness of the avatar. So I wanted to read for us as a close this meditation for the spiritual eye that Swamiji wrote. And I'd like to ask you to just close your eyes and sit with a spine tall and relaxed 
and bring your attention to the spiritual eye. The spiritual eye, just as the avatar acts as a super magnet to draw forth from human hearts the desire to know God, the desire to go to God, so the spiritual eye is a super magnet within us. We carry it around all the time. We live in these bodies with it all the time. We need to know that reality. We need to go to that reality. So this is the meditation. Focus there, please, on whatever light you see. Try to feel your energy there. If you don't see light, just feel the commitment of your concentration and energy at that point. Concentrate at the point between the eyebrows. Visualize there a tunnel of golden light. Mentally enter that tunnel and feel yourself surrounded by a glorious sense of happiness and freedom. As you move through the tunnel, feel yourself bathed by the light until all worldly thoughts disappear. After soaring through the tunnel, as long as you feel to do so, visualize before you a curtain of deep violet-blue light. Pass through that curtain into another tunnel of deep violet-blue light. Feel the light surrounding you. Slowly, the tunnel walls disappear in blue light. Expand your consciousness into that light, into infinite freedom and bliss. Now there is no tunnel. There is only the all-encompassing blueness and bliss of infinity. At last visualize before you a silvery white five-pointed star of light. Surrender every thought, every feeling into this star of absolute, ever-existing bliss. Mentally affirm, I awake in thy light. I awake in thy light. I am joyful. I am free. I awake in thy light. Let's meditate for a few moments. What is it for walking alone? What is it for walking alone? Walking
storm has ever been like the winds on the sea. Oh, walking alone. What is it for, singing alone, alone? What is it for, singing alone, singing alone? Must our songs ever be like the winds on the sea? What is it for, laughing alone, alone? What is it for, laughing alone, laughing alone? Must our joys ever be like the winds on the sea? Oh, laughing alone. What is it for, living alone? What is it for, living alone, living alone? Must our lives ever be like the winds on the sea? Oh, living alone, oh, living
Oh, 